Hey everybody, welcome to the Dan and Joe Fantasy Show. I'm Dan with, uh, as always, my friend Joe here. Uh, a big thank you to everybody who listened to the debut show last week. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and uh, for this show, our second show, we've got a kind of a special treat for you guys uh, about halfway through the show, so stay tuned for that. Um, so last week, our first show was the pre-draft show, kind of get you ready for all the drafts. Um, and last weekend, Joe and I had a, a it was a big draft weekend. We had the big Arrowhead, Arrowhead League draft. So we will kind of recap that draft a little bit, kind of take you through some of our picks, uh, maybe dive into what we were thinking there. Uh, maybe if you've got some drafts coming up, it might help you make some decisions there because uh, we do have another big, big, big weekend for fantasy drafts coming up. I know for me, I've got like five drafts this weekend, so... Another big fancy draft weekend, uh, and for Joe and I, we have a league where we co-manage a team, um, which is always pretty fun. It's a little, it's definitely different uh, than managing your own team. So we're gonna kind of uh, dissect that a little bit and kind of how we approach it. Maybe if you've got uh, a team that you're co-managing, maybe we can give you a little bit of insight into how we run ours. Uh, it's definitely fun, well worth doing, I would say, to get into more leagues. Um, but, so before we get into all that stuff, uh, we need to hit on some news and notes uh, since our last show. There was uh, definitely a few noteworthy a items stunner. here. Yeah, uh, and starting with probably, I would have to say, the absolute <laughs> most stunning news report to come out during a draft that I've ever experienced, and that was Andrew Luck. Yeah, so we are in the middle of our Arrowhead League draft. Uh, me and Dan are in, and uh, a lot of other of our friends and family. Um, but we're in probably the sixth, seventh round. And it's getting time for maybe Andrew Luck to come off the board, right? And um, LJ gets a, an alert on his phone, and I we thought he was joking. Yeah, everybody, no one took him seriously at first. Yeah, we were like, what? Because <laughs> it was about the time Andrew Luck would get drafted it was really getting real close so we were like is he what's he doing here is he trying to play some kind of mind game with this tactic so then everybody pulls up their phone and was like whoa he really retired and that we were all just stunned i don't i mean and like dan said i mean one of the i mean probably it'll go down as one of the most shocking retirements in yeah. nfl history two weeks before the for the start of the season yeah i've never seen that before um, and you know, you, I think just about every draft it seems like, especially the big ones, you know, because most people draft either last Saturday or this coming up Saturday. So, but especially for the last Saturday ones, there's always somebody that gets hurt. It always seems like that, and we did have yeah. that, which we'll get to that in a little bit. But I have never seen a player of Andrew Luck's caliber just walk away from the game, you know. And and it is what it is, you know. You can have your opinions on on why he did it or why he yeah, have whether done it, it was the timing or whatever. But you know. Like, um, there's going to be a day when every football player can't play anymore or doesn't feel like he can play to the NFL, you know, level. I mean, because it's a whole nother level. And if you go and look at some of the stories that former NFL players have to go through on a daily basis just to get up out of bed and go practice or go play that day, it's it's remarkable. And, you know, Andrew Luck wants to live a long life. And 
he's in a constant state right now where he's hurt rehabbing hurt rehabbing so you know i mean he did a lot for the game in the short time he was there i mean obviously he could have played 10 more years but um when it's when you feel like it's your time to go you got to go yeah so that being what it is well we're what we focus on now what we got to focus on is how this affects from a fantasy standpoint the rest of the colts and the my immediate impression impression especially for the guys that are getting drafted high in the draft mm -hmm. ty hilton and marlon mack to me for both those guys not just ty but for mack too it's a downgrade okay. how much of a downgrade i think like for mack i when andrew luck was supposed to be there to me he was a solid rb2 with low-end rb1 potential and i think you take both of those down a tier i think now he's oh, yeah. kind of a decent rb3 with rb2 potential um i don't foresee it's i suppose it's possible but the likelihood that he is some level of an rb1 is you can't feel as excited about marlon mack now that andrew luck is going. no obviously um i like you said i would feel way more comfortable now as his as my rb3 right not as my rb2 and bef before you were like hey, if i get mack as a two yeah sweet yeah because the, so the potential with andrew luck was i mean rb low rb1 like because right. of all the passes all the runs are gonna I mean that offense is gonna move the ball right and you know running back will be, will be a key part of that too so um and then ty yeah uh so ty is going in the where was he at he he went to third round okay he went third round in our league so, before the news dropped and yeah i don't know maybe he slips to the fourth i don't I, i'm not sure i I'm not sure how far he's going to fall. I think he's going to be still be a fairly high draft pick. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what his ADP is right off the top of my head right now. Um, honestly, in a weird way, and maybe Ebron and Doyle. Maybe I'm less worried about Ty Hilton. I know that sounds kind of weird, but Ty Hilton has played with guys other than Andrew Luck before, and he hasn't been a wide receiver one, but he has been kind of like a low end two. Mm -hmm. um, and Jacoby Brissett is maybe the best backup quarterback in the league. So I think uh, so T.Y. has been over 1,000 yards every year, except for the year that Andrew Luck was out and T.Y.'s rookie year, which I think those are the only two years that T.Y. didn't get 1,000 yards. So there's a little bit of um, you know information there for you, yeah. as you, if you if you're still got a draft this weekend. But... Um, uh, I, if he was my wide receiver too, um, I wouldn't be excited about it. I would really be, you know, if I had, if I, unless I had like a top wide receiver, yeah. like if I had, you know, Michael Thomas and, and, and TY, you know, I'm okay in a two wide receiver league, you know, maybe even a three wide receiver league, but as long as I had better running backs, but, um, I would feel comfortable if he was my wide receiver too, but definitely not as a one. I think, yeah, no, yeah, you the biggest thing for Ty, when I, you know, when I'm looking at it, is you before maybe you could have got by with him as your one. Now you're you do not want Ty Hilton as your one. So yeah, he he's his ADP has slid past Tyler Lockett, Galladay, yeah. Cup. So and he was above all these guys. Even you know Robert Woods, Chris Godwin. They're, so what they're is that like a low fifth round? Um, yeah, five oh eight. Yep, five oh eight. So you know if you have if you have him as your two. It's okay if you have him as your three. I think you can still feel pretty excited about T.Y. Hilton as your three because I think he's a he's a really good football player. And if Jacoby Brissett can be somewhat serviceable, then T.Y. Hilton will put up 
wide receiver three numbers. So, um, for the other guys, Ebron, I was already pretty concerned about him going in, and with Andrew Luck gone, I if he if he fell to me, you know, in these upcoming drafts, if he falls to me down where I took my tight end in this draft, which we'll get to that, then sure. But he went in the Arrowhead League draft. He went in round eight, and that's I'm. I would never do that at this point. That's way too. Yeah, hard. we're already we we like we told you in, in the in the last show. You wait on a tight end. Um, so if uh, like because think th- things like this happen. Like this is why we like the, the tight end position is so. Unless you had one of the top three, then the rest of it is. I mean, there's arguments for it. It's a, it's a wild card. Yeah. yeah. So that's why. So like Ebron went in the eighth round in this draft when there were still several other positions that could have been picked and good players. And he could have got, you know, another tight end later there. So, you know, and now he, he went to eighth and I mean, now he's, he's stuck with him. So the team that got him and we'll post, uh, we'll post these draft, this draft board on our, on our social media pages, which we'll get in a little more detail in later. But uh, the team that got him in, in the Arrowhead league also has Njoku. And at this point I'd probably start Njoku or Ebron oh, yeah. week one. So, a pretty bit, a pretty severe downgrade for Ebron. Yeah. Um, and the other big news that hit during the Arrowhead League draft that we need to touch on is the Lamar Miller injury. Um, so he's out for the year now, torn ACL. So he's gone, um, and that really boosts Duke Johnson's value. And Lamar Miller did get drafted. You will see it on the board. Yeah. So that, and that was the other thing. I'm glad you mentioned that because. When the Andrew Luck news had dropped, he wasn't drafted yet, so we were kind of spared from that. Mm-hmm. But Lamar Miller was already on the board, and that's a guaranteed zero now. Yeah, so that's, that, that that's hurts. a that's a uh, tenth round pick that is going to do absolutely nothing. So it could have been worse. Tenth round, you know, I guess that's not so bad. But yeah. still, you already got a locked in zero there, so that that is rough. <laughs> um, that's super rough. <laughs> so, how do we feel about Duke Johnson? Where does where does he slide in? Is he a two? Yeah, so, play? okay, Lamar's gone, so they got Duke Johnson, um, who just got there, like, what, yeah. three weeks ago? Yeah, it's... Um, and who else do they have there, either? So, yeah, what what do we do with Duke Johnson? Um, I think... I would just... To me, I would, I'm drafting him as a flex. I, I'm not yeah, targeting with, him with, as a two. With really good upside, you know? I mean, sure. what else are they going to do? Like... I mean, he's not going to get 20 rushes a game, but he could get eight, nine targets a game right. with 10 rushes. So we're looking at 20, tar- uh, 20 right. touches, targets a right. game. Like He finished, was it two years ago? I think he was a low-end one in PPR leagues. Yeah. So there's definitely some appeal there. Um, he's someone that's probably got his ADP boosted up. Into with the, the, and he had a lesser round. quarterback then, and now he's right. got Deshaun Watson. So... He could be a super, uh, I mean, a league winner, like what we talk about. Yeah. He could be a league winner, depending on where you get him. Um, I don't think I'm going to move him too far where he's going right now. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to move him up, like, a round or two. Like, like he went in the seventh round uh, in the Arrowhead League. I think you're probably going to have to go earlier than that to get him now. Um, probably you're going to have to target him in the fifth or sixth. I would say I would think he's going to come off the board. With yeah, yeah, he's going to fly like, way up now. He might, you know, Duke Johnson or Austin Eckler. You know, a lot of people are probably going to take Duke Johnson. A lot of people probably take him over Melvin Gordon right now too. Yeah. But I think I still feel like he's more of a flex 
as a draft because when you compare him to the other guys you feel really good about as a two, you know, Damian Williams, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Chris Carson, I would still rather have all those guys. Yeah. So he's a flex with a lot of potential. Um, but I do think you're probably going to have to go after him if you've got an upcoming draft. If you really like him, you may have to consider him in the fifth. Every draft's different. And if you are set up this way, like, right. do not be drafting him as your RB2 or even your RB1. Like, I don't yeah, know how you would ever – If I don't know how, why you would be, but if you are, like, you you need to start over. That was not a good draft start. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. But um, as a flex, if you already have um, two running backs and, you know, two receivers and he's there in the fifth – and you feel comfortable with him, then yeah. that's when that's the time to take him. Right. I agree with that. Um, the other thing to touch on really quick is who else they have in Houston. Now, it's possible that they make a trade, but as we record the show right now on Thursday, uh, they don't have anybody other than Duke Johnson, who's an established player. and They have a bunch of guys, but like Dan said, they don't have a – I fully expect some kind of trade or they're waiting until the cuts come to just maybe get somebody for, for nothing, you know, just sign. Um, I, they have to do something. There's no way they're going to start the season with Duke Johnson and the other guys that they have there. It's, it's interesting right now because if you do have a spot available, at the end of your bench, maybe if you're any, if like for, for my example, we're in an ESPN league and Melvin Gordon is out. If you have an IR spot, which is exactly what I've done, you slap him down in your IR spot. You can you can pick someone else up, and I did pick up Demaria Crockett. If there's anybody else that they're gonna play, if they don't make a move, someone else on that roster is gonna get touches because Duke Johnson is not gonna be a 400 touch back. Um, no. You know, 250, that's probably your best-case scenario, and I think if he does get that many touches, he's a hell of a value. Um, but there's going to be 100-plus touches probably to go around, um, and I think Demario Crockett is a decent last end-of-your-bench dart throw. Um, yeah, and, and we don't really expect – speed combo. We don't really expect Texans to be running the ball 30 times a yeah. game. I mean, so really, I mean – He's an end-of-the-bench stash – See yeah, what happens. yeah, yeah. Just if you got room, like Dan said, get him on your bench, and I think he's worth. We'll just see what happens in yeah. the first. You know, we. I mean, we got a week till the season starts. I mean, there's the cuts are still got to come, and we'll see what happens if unless they make a trade, they can always right. pick somebody up, a veteran. There's going to be a lot of veterans get cut this weekend, so they 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 got options. It's just something to keep an eye on. Yeah, like I said, I Demario Crock is pretty much occupying my last bench spot. If they do make a move, he's an immediate cut. I'll go some other direction. Uh, but I do think he is. If you have an open spot, I think he's worthy of a stash because um, he's got some physical skills. And uh, you know, Did he go to college around here somewhere? <laughs> I think he did. <laughs> yeah, right down Mizzou guy. Yeah, I got my Mizzou shirt on. Um, but, you know, it's a dart throw. But if you got a spot, I think he's worth it. Uh, another guy who may be worth uh, your last bench spot, uh, there's some noise coming out of Bucks camp about I'm going to butcher the name. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dan's doing this one. I told him I had no chance of saying his <laughs> name. So I'm going to call him Dare. Uh, it might be Dari. Which probably isn't correct. <laughs> <laughs> it might be Dari, but yeah. uh, Ogun Bowali uh, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Honestly, it, like I said, the same thing with uh, with 
uh, Demarion Crockett. If you've got a spot at the end of your bench, I do think he's worth a spot because do we really think Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones are good? I don't know. No, I think and I don't really think Bruce Arians does either. Exactly. So, to me, week one, week two, and you may not be able to hold on to any of those guys that long, but whoever comes out and performs early is going to be in, in line for the most touches there. And I think that Ogan Bawale, honestly – has as good a shot as those other two guys at, at yeah, and, carving out a larger role. And right now, like Dan said, if you do have an open spot on your roster, get him on there now so that mm-hmm. you are not trying to get him after, after the week one waivers. Yeah. Because if he comes out and um, maybe I mean, one of the two guys get hurt, uh, and then, boom, there goes his, his value just skyrocketed. Right. And you picked him up a week before. Right. You know, so... Um, I mean, they're already talking about him being their passing down guy because yeah. Ron Jones can't pass protect, yep. and Peyton Barber's not going to play every down. So the third down guy, they've already pretty much said, is Ogan Bowali. Yeah. Um, and then if he proves he can, he's got some juice on and early downs, then... I'll make a bold prediction here. I think Tampa Bay's going to be in a lot of third downs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, saying. no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. Um, so, again, another guy similar to, to, to Crockett in Houston. If you've got a spot, you want to take a shot on a running back at the end of your bench, I think Ogan Bawali is worth a spot at the very end of your uh, roster. Um, the last little piece that we haven't touched on, it did happen a few weeks ago, uh, but we haven't touched on in the show, is Josh Gordon. And he's back. He's back. Uh, I saw a report right before the show that he might get some playing time tonight in the last preseason game, so he's healthy enough to play. Um, I guess how, how are we feeling about uh, Josh Gordon in fantasy leagues uh so this is this is so touchy and tricky because when josh gordon plays and he's on the field in new england he is legit yeah he's awesome. he is a monster yeah um so with that said um you also have to be aware of everything off the field and also- at a moment's notice he could just be gone he also likes recreational activities. Yeah, he is. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no shortage there. So, um, but the the risk, the reward, the old uh, the old adage or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, and then not only is Josh Gordon back, and what do we do with this situation? Yeah. It also, what do we do with with Edelman? What do we do with James White, uh, Sony Michelle? Keneal Harry, there's, you know, it's it's the Josh Gordon effect. Yeah, you know he's back. Um, so let's just start with there. What, uh, how how comfortable do you feel if he is your second wide receiver? I think as, I wouldn't target him as my second guy. I would probably go with a more reliable option. Like just looking at our draft board here, um, I have Alshon Jeffrey. If I had to pick between those two guys, I would take Alshon Jeffrey over Josh Gordon um, just because I would feel safer there. Um, yeah. For me, if you can get – depending on how your first five picks go, he went in the round six in our league, and I don't think he's going to fall much farther than that. Yeah, I think that's going to be about where he's going to go now. I think you if know. you can get him as your three, um, that's kind of where you want to be. Uh, I would feel a little nervous – with him as my two, it yeah, could pay going, off. He's going six oh one right now. Yeah, so yeah, you're gonna have to get him in maybe the late fifth, early sixth, um, which I think is reasonable. Um, 
And if you've got him as your three, I think that's where you I think that's where you want to slot him in at. Um, yeah, is is your wide receiver three, and you've got a ton of upside then. So then, if he's your wide receiver three, and and you're in a two wide receiver league, he's going to be in your flex. Um, or if you're in a three wide receiver league, he could be your third one. I right. mean, that's that's about where I think he should be, just because of like you said last year, he just said I gotta go away. Yeah, like and he knew the Patriots were on a Super Bowl run. Right. And we have no idea. He may do that again this year. We have no idea. Yeah. That's the I mean, risk. There. He could come back and play. They got a game tonight. He could play and then just be like, yeah, I don't um, want to do it anymore. Yeah. Like, or he thought he wanted it because he's been gone away um, trying to get his, you know, his stuff together. And then he comes back and he's just like, well, maybe it's just not what I want right now or right. what I thought I needed. And then he could be gone just like that. I mean, it's. He's played what one full year his entire career? Yeah, in 2012. Right, his he, rookie year. Yeah, when he had a monstrous year with Cleveland. 2012 was his last full season. Yeah, that's a long time ago. <laughs> right. No, so I, I mean, that's why I, I don't, don't want to put too much in it, but I want to, I want to, I want to ride that roller coaster while it's going up, like. Right. I, you know, I'm and I'm I'm gonna get off before it goes down. And that's why I think the risk there is where is why you're slotting him in as a three because if you take him as a two and then he does if he if for one maybe he's just not effective or if yeah. he bails that hurts a hell of a lot more if he's your two yeah uh, than if he's your three because if you take him as your two and you miss out on somebody else you know and every draft there's a tumbling effect if right. you will like. One guy doesn't pick, and we'll get into this a little bit. One guy doesn't take this person, so then it just—it's a tumbling effect, and for the rest of the draft. So, just the same as as if you take Gordon as your second wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah, you get Josh Gordon, but what did you just miss out on? Exactly. Did you miss out on a running back that you should have drafted, or did you just want to go for the hype mm-hmm. of the big game potential of Josh Gordon? Right. You know, I mean, it just. Um. That's why drafts are so amazing. Every yeah, every pick changes the re- whole the whole rest of the board. Um, so real quick, just to touch on the rest of the guys, I don't think it really for me anyway. I don't think it affects how you view Sony Michelle and James White. I do think going in, it's a downgrade on Edelman. Yeah, it's definitely a downgrade on Nikhil Harry. Um, and I don't the see other guys where. There, the Patriots are going to line up three wide receivers and yeah. and then you know try to go. I mean, I don't really see a whole lot of that. Obviously, there will be, and I don't you know obviously it'll be Edelman, Gordon, and maybe Nikhil Harry's and you know on there, but um, and they also still got Dorsett. So right. uh, I don't see you know the Patriots doing a whole lot of four wide, three wide situations. Yeah. They're going to be pounding the ball with Sonny Michelle. Yep, yeah. that, that's that's <laughs> what it looks like. Um, okay, so so that's. Most of the news there that uh, has kind of dropped. Uh, Josh Gordon's been a little while, but we didn't talk about him last time. So most of the news. He got reinstated after our, our uh, first show. Okay. So, yeah, most yeah. of the news there that's happened since the last week's show. So uh, we did have, like we mentioned earlier, uh, the big Arrowhead League draft last week. So uh, we're just going to kind of recap some of our picks uh, here. Um, I think uh, – We'll, we'll just kind of, you know, hash them out a little bit, see how we feel about them, uh, give our each of our thoughts on it. Uh, you, Joe, you picked in the seven spot, six spot, yeah. Okay. So uh, 
how we do, we don't know our draft spot until the day of the draft, and we all pull cards, and then whatever card you get, that's where your spot is. And um, I got the spot I didn't want to be in, to be I honest. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be I there don't want to be in the middle of this year. It was not a spot I wanted to be. But nonetheless, that's where I was. So uh, first round comes around, and um, Kamara, Barkley, McCaffrey, Elliott, James Conner are all off the board. So it's I'm on the clock at six. And uh, I took David Johnson in the first round last year. And um, so there was still David Johnson, Nick Chubb, and uh, Le'Veon Bell was who I was kind of debating with right there. Mm -hmm. So this is the first round, you know, you want something safe and secure. Um, and obviously I was going to go running back. I'm, I, with David Johnson still out there, Chubb, Bell, I was still going to go running back. Right. I felt comfortable, more comfortable with having one of them on my team than just going receiver there. So <clears throat> going receiver was kind of out of the question, even though they were still on the board. Everyone was on the board. So the reason I picked David Johnson was because I picked him last year, and as bad as Arizona was last year, he still finished at ninth. Yeah. And I feel like he is safer. I, obviously, I think he's going to be better this year because I think Arizona have a better offense. They should. But uh, he is a safer pick than Chubb or Bell. Chubbs has the Kareem Hunt cloud over him when Kareem Hunt is eligible to play again. And I, as much as I love, I think Le'Veon Bell is going to have a heck of a year. Um, it's still uncertain. There's still a lot of what ifs and stuff to figure out there in, in New York. Right. But so I just felt like David Johnson was the safer pick of those three that I was kind of trying to figure out which one I wanted. Yeah. I... It's definitely it's definitely not a bad pick. Uh, there's nothing certainly nothing wrong with David Johnson uh, as a sixth overall pick in a fantasy draft. It's hard for me to say what I would have done if I was there. Um, I would have had to consider a receiver, honestly, at that point, not knowing what was going to make it back around to me. Um, but uh, just for looking at the running backs, I felt um, like if I did go receiver, I would not get a running back coming back. Yeah, that I liked, so there was no chance of me getting uh, Chubb, Gurley, or Bell. Maybe I could have got Damian Williams, maybe, but um, just really like him more as a two. Yeah, yeah, I would, yeah. and I would feel way more comfortable with him as a two. Yeah. yeah, I between. David Johnson, Nick Chubb, the three the three running backs. If you start with David Johnson, then Nick Chubb went, and then the next running back came off the board, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit, was Todd Gurley. Um, for me, the pick would have been between Gurley and Chubb. Um, I might probably would have gone Nick Chubb there. I just feel like the Browns' offense is more of a sure thing than the Cardinals' offense. Yeah. Um, but. And Honestly, I, I mean, I really wrestled it for. It's um, splitting hairs, really. Yeah, and it really is. I just, uh, I don't know, and I and I got Chubb in another league, but it's uh, I thought he would be the safer pick because Cleveland could. I mean, Chubb's really good. I mean, and I don't know. It just, uh, well, you know, it may end up cost. I mean, I'm not saying it cost me, but I think I'm going to be fine no matter what. Sure. I'm still going to have an RB one right. on my team. Exactly. You know, no matter what, yeah. I think you've got an RB one there, and like you said, he was a top ten running back with the worst offensive football. So you would think that he's going to be a lot better this year. Yeah. Um, 
And so I picked ninth. And after Joe at sixth, we had Chubb off the board at seven. Michael Thomas was the top receiver at eight. Uh, and then me at nine, I I got my guy, went Todd Gurley. Uh, the reason why I went Gurley there was because the first seven picks were running backs. Um, my thinking there was uh, if I didn't get Gurley now, he wasn't going to make it back around to me. Maybe he would have, um, but I didn't want to risk it. Um, and so I took him at ninth. Um, I still, I've been saying it uh, online. I've been saying it. I said it on the show last week. I don't foresee, even with the workload scale back, of a scenario where Todd Gurley is not an RB1. Yeah. Um, so I feel all the reports out of camp are that he's healthy. Um, so I feel pretty good about it. I knew I wanted to get him. Um, if there had been receivers that maybe, you know, the fifth and sixth pick or somewhere in there, maybe I would have gone a different direction and counted on him making it back around to me. Uh, but since, you know, seven running backs already come off the board, I didn't want to risk it. So I went ahead and got him there at nine. Yeah. So then after that, um, oh, you get a pick again. Oh uh, yeah. So, and then... Uh, in my second round. So on the snake draft, it comes back around, and Dan's, uh, right. let's see, what so pick was that? That, that would be two, pick 204. 204, yep. okay. Yep. Um, and so and I was blown away that he was still even on the board. Yeah, And me when too. Dan walked up there and put his name on the board, I was like, what? Because I was, you know, thinking about picking him at six. And Dan lands him at 16. Yeah. Uh, so what my thinking was is that after I got Gurley is that a couple more running backs were going to knock the board. Honestly, I figured Le'Veon Bell was going to go, maybe Damian Williams, and then I would get my pick of, you know, Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill. Odell. Yeah, lock those guys in. Um, so all those guys went, and it was, for me, it was a pick at that point in the fourth pick of the second round between Odell Beckham and Le'Veon Bell. Which um, what really helped that pick though was Kelsey going thirteen and Mahomes going fourteen. Right. So that just you know those two picks of tight end quarterback pushes push Bell the receivers down. and and running backs that much closer to you. Yeah. If those two, yeah. If because if those two guys were going to pick a running back, it was going to be probably Damian Williams or or Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell. That was that was why I thought is that Le'Veon Bell was going to be gone. Yeah. Um, but he was there, uh, and. It came down to me for picking at that point between guys that were still on the board, Le'Veon Bell, Odell Beckham, and Juju Smith-Schuster. And, you know, you got to go with the guy that you feel most comfortable with. I felt like the guy that gave me the biggest advantage um, was Le'Veon Bell. That's who I picked. Uh, And I was banking on getting a low-end wide receiver one when my pick came back around to me in the third. And I feel like that did happen because my receiver one is Keenan Allen. Um, So... I think it worked out pretty well. I think that kind of went... Once I decided I was going to take Bell, I knew I was going to get a low-end one, and I don't feel like I could have expected anything better than Keenan Allen. So I'm feeling pretty good about the way uh, that ended up going for me. I don't have Odell Beckham. I don't have Juju Smith-Schuster. But I do have Keenan Allen, and I have Le'Veon Bell. So mm-hmm. I think I'm. I think it could went uh, about like I expected, um, knowing that I was going to take Bell. I think it was... Having Keenan Allen with my one, I feel pretty good there. So the second round, um, Dan gets his pick, Le'Veon Bell. I couldn't believe it. Um, he was still even there. Um, then there's two picks in between uh, him and me. Uh, Beckham goes off the board, and then Damian Williams goes off the board. So there I am at uh, my second round pick. And on the board, 
um, is the top receiver on the board is Juju still. Uh, Joe Mixon was still there. Dalvin Cook was still there. Um, Mike Evans is still there. And I really was going to pick Dalvin Cook. I was going to, but then I kind of looked ahead a little bit and thought, okay, if I don't go running back here, what running back could I get in three and four and, you know, five? So I was kind of uh, thinking about it, and I look at it, and I'm like, well, I'm, you know, on the snake route, come back around in round three, I could probably snag Chris Carson in the third. So I was like, well, if I go um, Juju here, then I have possibly getting Carson in the third. And if I even miss on Carson in the third, I thought for sure I could get Ingram in the fourth. <laughs> well, <laughs> luckily, um, uh, I took Juju instead, but just because I thought I could get those. But I, unluckily, I did not. I'll say my other picks later, but I did not get either Carson or Ingram. But um, I still feel good about picking Juju there because. Uh, Honestly, he could be a top five receiver easily, even maybe the top sure. receiver. Right. And I picked him as the one, two, three, four, five, six, the seventh receiver off the board. I got Juju in the middle of the second round. Right. So, yeah, so you were banking on Carson or Ingram, which, as it turned out, uh, you didn't get either one of those guys. I did not. Uh, but instead of, you know, if we're just looking ahead a little bit into the third round, uh, you were targeting Carson. He went three picks before your pick, but you did get Devontae Freeman, which is still a solid two. Yeah, um, so, so I get I get Devontae Freeman in, in the third, which is, uh, yeah, still a very solid two. Like, And this is where we talk about, like, the, the tumbling effect. So if I don't take Juju, then I take Dalvin, and then... Game changer for the whole rest of the draft. Then maybe really. I'd, you know, Carson would still be there in a the third, and I could get him, you know, but um, I felt like I could get either one of those, so that's why I ended up... So that was my tiebreaker, I mean, it didn't work out that way, but that's the reason I didn't take Dalvin Cook over you, over Juju. Got to make a decision. You know, yeah, it's... and and uh, so and and then, like Dan said, in the third, I get Devontae Freeman, great wide or running back two. Like, uh, no, no heartburn there. Yeah, no. So I think he's gonna have a really good back uh, bounce back season. But I mean, uh, he could be he could be top fifteen easy, and as. And my RB2, I'm satisfied with that 100%. No doubt. No doubt. So, Dan, you already mentioned uh, you got Keenan Allen in the third. And, uh, like I said, we, we will post this uh, draft board so you can look at it as you're listening, kind of follow along a little bit. Um, but come around in the fourth. And uh, who do you take in the fourth, Dan? So, I am probably just as excited about my fourth round pick honestly as my third and second round picks i got carry on johnson i am i think he slid a bunch he did i'm stoked he's my rb3 uh in a league where you can you can start three running backs you can start four actually if you want to um and rb3 i feel like i probably have the best rb3 in the league um carry on johnson definitely for me has low-end rb1 potential all that needs to happen in Detroit is that they give him touches because he's a beast. Yeah. And the only thing that held him back, he was actually during the stretch, uh, kind of the middle of the year where he was getting like half of the snaps, just half <laughs> in Detroit. He was a low end RB one. He was already a low end RB one. Um, so I'm feeling good about that as my RB three. I love carry on Johnson. He's a beast. Yeah. So, okay. Then in the fourth, um, 
Yeah, I probably have a <clears throat> little bit of explaining to do in my fourth round pick. Um, I took Miles Sanders. You got when you like a guy, you got to get him though. Yeah, when you uh, like I said, we you do a lot of the pre-draft stuff, and then you try to you know you're trying to evaluate where they're going in the draft, so <clears throat> so that kind of helps you shake out who you think you can get. Like I said earlier, I didn't take Dalvin Cook because I thought I could get Carson or mm-hmm. Ingram in the fourth, but. Like I said, Ingram went uh, two picks before I was going to pick. So at that point, I thought for sure I was going to get him. I thought it was, you know, I'm two picks away. He's still on the board. You know, I'm perfect. Here we go. Um, Then, boom, he gets picked. So I got to come up with a backup plan. Got to have a backup plan ready, especially, like, once it gets a couple picks away. Mm -hmm. You got to have a guy you know you're going to take, and then – well, if he's gone, then then where am I going to go? So right. you got to have a backup plan. So, um, I took Miles Sanders. Um, a little bit of a reach, I know, but I already had uh, David Johnson, Devontae Freeman on my team, so I am not solely relying a whole lot right. on Miles Sanders. Obviously, I think he's going to be good. I mean, we we love him, mm-hmm. um, but. I'm not, you know, if he was my first or second running back, you know, I wouldn't feel so comfortable with that. Right. But as it's my third, um, I am good with that. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's it's hard for me to speculate on what I would have done uh, in a different spot. Looking at the receivers that were still available there, maybe I would have done that. Uh, but I did take a running back of my fourth round pick too, so I don't feel like that's. It's kind of like I mentioned uh, last week in the show. You, you want to try to let the board come to you as much as possible, but you there's a couple of guys out there that you really want. You are going to have to reach on them, and you just got to pick your spots. And Miles Sanders in the fourth round, I still feel like there's there's value there when you look at he's your RB3, yeah. and that's kind of exactly where you want him to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And like I talked about in the last show, I love Miles Sanders. I think he's going to be the back-to-own in the Philadelphia offense who could be one of the best in the NFL. So... Yeah, and, and uh, there's still value there. And it ended up working out really well for you because on the swing around into round five, you got Sony Michelle. Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> I don't know why I didn't take Sony Michelle in the fourth, but worked like out. you said, it worked out. Yeah, so <laughs> the the board just fell to me. Like, Sony Michelle fell right in my lap in the fourth round. You, you, so now I have I have uh, David Johnson, Devontae Freeman, Miles Sanders, Sony Michelle as my fourth running back on my roster so far. Through five rounds, and I have a wide receiver one, yeah, and Juju. So, um, I, I I feel like I, I don't have like the best draft team, but I feel like I have the the deepest running back depth in the in that uh, in the league right now. I would agree with you. Um, it, it it really you know at the time you you took Sanders there because you know you knew you wanted to get him, um, but you were you really were kind of rewarded in that by taking the approach like we talked about where you you plan you take what's there you take your shots on a couple guys and then boom Sonny Michelle is your running back four so um and then for me as we're going through here we're in round five now like we said Joe got Sonny Michelle and then um this well, we one gotta is talk re- about this guy this one is really gonna be <laughs> kind of a game changer for me uh if he comes back yeah um so it was in the fifth round which I feel like that's exactly where I was willing to take the shot on him. 
Uh, I did only have one wide receiver one or one wide receiver at that point. Um, so as we're getting into the into the fifth round, so I'm ninth, so it's kind of late in the fifth. I did already. I had Gurley, I had Bell, I had Keenan Allen, and then I had Carryon Johnson. Um, and really, kind of at that point, I'm really I'm looking for upside, especially at, at, a, at a depth spot. And I took Melvin Gordon. Uh, when I was looking at it, I felt like a good receiver was going to come back to me. So you're telling six. me you have the potential to be heading into the playoffs with Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, and Melvin Gordon? Yeah. On your team? Yeah. Jesus. I'm pretty excited about it. I, 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 it's, it's a risk-reward, but in the fifth round, for that kind of upside, that's why I did it. Um, and knowing that I already have three really good running backs who I can just – plug in there and set and forget really um it's only a matter of time before the melvin gordon payoff how much am i gonna have to wait is the only question at this point because i have guys i can play i didn't take him as my two so you know i didn't give up a starting really kind of roster spot yeah. there um yeah with what you had right there that couldn't have fell into your lap any better like i don't um yeah. The I sooner mean, if he you comes ha- back, the more dominant my team yeah. will be. I mean, if he's back at all this year, and you have all three of them in your starting lineup still, and even with Carrion Johnson, Carrion Johnson is your fourth running back. That's pretty crazy. Look out, folks. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's a huge risk-reward, but in round five is where I was willing to take the plunge. What I was planning to do, I knew I wasn't getting Austin Eckler, and that's why I kind of hemmed and hawed on it. Because uh, I knew in the sixth round I needed a receiver and that Eckler wasn't going to come back to me in the seventh, so I knew I wasn't going to get him. Um, I was going to target James, uh, Justin Jackson. I missed on him too, um, but, you know, that's the way it goes. Um, and uh, we're, we're going to uh, – unfortunately, as a Chiefs fan, I have to root for a Chargers running back to come back. <laughs> um, but, you know, whenever he does, it's going to be a huge boost. Yeah, but he will be out for a while, maybe. We'll just, see. Just talking, you know, just from that standpoint, I do think he's going to come back at some point because he needs to come back in order to not have his contract roll into the next year. Yeah. It's just a question of when he does. And if he holds out all the way until halfway through the year, which he could. So it's, only, it's just a question. Yeah, and barring any, you know, injuries, you're going to be able to roster him because of all right. the other running backs you already had on your roster. Like, you, you already had – Gurley, Bell, and Johnson. Like you already, you were already set at running back. Right. So it just made that opportunity to take a, a risk. You know, even that much better. Like if I still, it's need, a risk no matter what. But sure. it's not that I mean, much of a risk for the what you already had on your roster. Right. If I was gonna have, to, if I didn't have a third running back at that point, I wouldn't have taken him. No. It was the fact that I already had three really good running backs, so I knew I could take him, slot him in my bench. So I was able to minimize the risk from that standpoint. And also, with our league having an IR spot, mm-hmm. I don't lose a bench spot because I can slap him in there. And, you know, it's still the end of the round. I got Demaria Crockett, which is, has little to no value. But it gives me still gives me flexibility with my bench. Yeah, and unless something changes drastically this weekend and you still have a draft this weekend, that is the like perfect example on, on where and how to draft Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Like, because you don't want him as your RB2. Like, no way. No. He's, you, you don't know when he's going to come back. But if you have him as your RB4. That's where you can take the With risk. already two monsters at running back, like, that is the time and place to take Melvin Gordon. Because they like, let somebody else do yeah. that on their team. But if he falls to you in, in dance situation, you have to pounce on that. I don't care what receiver is out there. Yeah. 
like because it's going to be the the fifth round. So there's not, I mean, the fifth to ninth is a lot of same wide receivers. So exactly to take the splash and and get Melvin Gordon. Yeah, man. and just you know, for where I was here, I liked who was still on the board at the rece- at the receiver spot. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to get Gordon, and there's going to be a good receiver come back around to me. And it was Alshon Jeffrey, and I'm totally comfortable with him as my two. Um, so next up, as we kind of scroll down through here, so there's a whole lot here in the middle that we really kind of won't dive into too much. Um, I got to get to the end here, um, the end of the draft a little bit, because I kind of have a pick I need to explain. You will see it on the photo that we post. Um, <laughs> and we said it in, in last week's draft, but I'm going to explain why I took a kicker in the, 14, in the 14th round. <laughs> so we get to the 14th round, and I still have no quarterback on my team. I have no tight end on my team. I have took nothing but running backs and receivers. That is it. Um, strategy. Strategy. Like we said. <laughs> Running backs early, running backs in the middle, and That's running right. backs late. That's right. And I have eight running backs on my roster right now. And I feel like I have the best depth at running back right now. I agree. In the league, um, for sure. So even I have Matt Breida as my RB5. Like, what? Well, for, and still Darius Geis. Yeah. Your, your worst running back is Jalen Samuels. Yeah. Who has a ton of upside if James Conner gets hurt. Yeah, if so, Conner goes down, I have... RB1. Ridiculous RB death. <laughs> but so. let me get to the 14th round pick. I take a kicker. Greg Zerline in the 14th. So um, we always say draft a kicker last, draft a defense last. Um, but like I said earlier, I have no quarterback or no tight end on my team. But the reason I take Greg Zerline is because he's probably going to be the top kicker in the league. And... I also know that everybody at that point has either taken two or three tight ends um, and also multiple quarterbacks. And I knew the quarterback that I was going to draft at that point who was still on the board was going to be there no matter what. He would have went undrafted if I didn't draft him because I drafted, I ended up drafting Josh Allen in the very last round. And I knew the tight end that was still out there would be available too. So I knew both of these things were going to happen. So I was going to take – a kicker because I could get one of the best kickers off the board and I'd probably the the best kicker in, in fantasy um so that is why I I felt I needed to explain myself on why I didn't wait and draft a kicker in the in the last round so um there's my explanation so once you see it I know we always preach draft <laughs> a kicker last they're not worth it they're a dime a dozen but um uh, I had to explain that one so just you know it's Another thing I would say is that, you know, it's your team. Everyone picks their own team, so you got to go with uh, how you feel. You got to pick the guys that you want. Um, I would not have taken Greg Zerline there. Uh, I get what you're saying there, Joe, but uh, and that that I think has more to do with there were a lot of quarterbacks still on the board that I would have rather had than. Josh Allen, which is who you got in the in the last round. So when you took Zerline, Jared Goff, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger uh, was still on the board. Um, Jameis Winston, uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, and I. For me, I would rather have all of those guys over Josh Allen. Um, but you know, everyone, you got you got to pick your team. You got to go with who you want. It's your team. So 
Um, well, I, I felt like have, if... Uh, but. So, I picked in the 14th in the comeback round. I thought maybe I could have got, because like, Golf and Rivers were still there. I thought I could have got one, either one of those, because I'm like... Mm-hmm. I don't understand why people draft two quarterbacks, but <laughs> I know. I, whatever, man. That, uh, that, just keep yeah. losing. So, um, but Josh Allen was a super like of when I got to draft there. I mean, I probably could have took a quarterback in the fifteenth or sixteenth, but um, really, I really like Josh Allen week one. Like um, he has a really good matchup. So if if you and, are I, gonna... I, and I've already planned on being quarterback. By matchup, week right. by week. So, right. uh, if you are gonna go any earlier than the last two, you know, fourteenth, really, that's not that. We sixteen and seventeen are the last two rounds in in our league, so it's not like that's too much of a stretch there. Really, what you don't want to do is take one in the tenth round or something. Which this league's kind of <laughs> this league's on the on the ball, man. No one really did that. Uh, so, um, really, what? No, the first kicker was off the board in the thirteenth. Yeah, wow. the, the only the that only usually thing, never happens in our league. I know. You, someone always takes one in the tenth round. It didn't happen yeah. this year. Everybody's been studying up. Must have listened to the pod. Yeah, uh, checking our pod. <laughs> um, the only thing that really kind of got you uh, after doing that was that everybody was getting their backup quarterback. Got to get that hashtag backup quarterback. <laughs> yeah, Got to get that bye week quarterback <laughs> <laughs> for, in week ten. Like, uh, why do you why are you rostering a second quarterback for a yeah. bye in ten weeks? Uh, yeah, I just don't understand. Like, what's the logic there? What is the logic? Well, you know, your quarterback's going to have a bye yeah. in week 12. In two and a half months. <laughs> two and a half months from now, I need that backup quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the logic, folks? No, Come on. Yeah. You, I, I know that, you know, okay, the guys that are going down here, uh, you know, Rashad Perriman, I get it. The likelihood that they make a lot of difference is very slim. Uh, but it's more likely that someone like that's going to be valuable to your team where you start four receivers than a backup quarterback. Quarterbacks don't get hurt anymore because no one hits them anymore. Yeah. Because um, they got all the rules now. Um, so there's just no reason. You can always find a good matchup in week six or week eight or wherever it is that you need to be. Um, no need to take a backup quarterback. No, I I've, I don't understand it. and uh, That's really the only thing that kind of got you. Yeah. It's, and it's backup uh, quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah the people. Um, so really. Backups. Yeah. Uh, to go back to one of my picks here, a little bit up the board, more in the middle middle of the draft. Uh, we are in Kansas City, so <laughs> yeah. we had Mahomes in the second, Hill in the second, which isn't much of a reach. Actually, those three guys went back-to-back-to-back to back to back at the beginning of the three second round. Three Chiefs in a row. Yep. Um, so I took Darwin Thompson at the beginning of the eighth round with the fourth pick of the eighth round, uh, and that probably is uh, a bit of a reach. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of leagues where he's going in the tenth. But I took him there because I knew if I was going to oh, get... He's going 7-11 right now. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. That's a value, folks. <laughs> it's a value. Uh, no, Put it I... on the board. <laughs> wow. He's... that's He's rocketed up the board. Wow. I did not know that. Um, yeah. yeah. What a fantasy football calculator has him at 7-11 right now. Wow. That is a, I think at the geez. time at the time we did this draft, his ADP was more like in the tenth round. But yeah, I knew, it was, yeah. I knew he wasn't going to make it back to me in the ninth, um, so I snagged him. Um, I think he's proven that he's a good player, and I think Andy Reid is an excellent offensive mind, and I think there is a solid chance that Darwin Thompson has flex value even with Damian Williams healthy, and I also think it's pretty likely that Damian Williams 
does not play full 16 games. Yeah, so, he's not going to be playing. I want Darwin Thompson. Um, Darwin, and it's going to be interesting to see what the Chiefs do because at some point Damian Williams is going to get hurt. And whether it's he's out of game, two games, um, and then that's going to give Darwin his chance. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see what the Chiefs do once you know Damian Williams comes back. Is he going to get the job? Is he just going to be, or is he going to be the backup? Are they going to? I don't really see the Chiefs doing a committee. Like a lot of people talk about that. I, mean, I, I just don't see him doing a committee. I, it's I mean, tough. it's going to be game flow ish. But Andy I, I Reid himself said they wanted to have a committee, but he also has said that you know the starters are going to play three quarters in, in the preseason in, in week three. And, and they make it one drive. And exactly. Out. So it's hard to gauge. Um, I definitely think the other guys are going to get some playing time. But I think Damian Williams is the, is the number one there. I don't think there's any concern with him not being the number one running back there. No. Um, the other guy, Carlos Hyde, I think the odds are he gets cut at this point. I yeah. think he's getting cut. So I would avoid him. And that's why another reason why I like Darwin Thompson. Um yeah, so I was going to take a quarterback a lot earlier in the draft, but in the 13th round... <laughs> Man, that's a heck of a value, I felt like. You selected Kyler Murray. I did. I did. And I was really about to pull that trigger right there, because, uh, yeah, I was going to... He was still on the board in the 13th, and I was like, yep. yeah, I could, I could take him now in the 13th. Like, that's great value. Yeah, you know, as we... You know, we were getting down, and I kind of had my roster filled out, and I knew I didn't want to take one. as Like we talked about on last week's show, um, I was targeting the Week 12 guys. Actually, most of those guys that I wanted, like Lamar Jackson, were already off the board. Um, Lamar Jackson went in the 10th round. Yeah. Um, so Which, uh, it's not bad. It's not bad. But uh, not, I'm not good where with, I was. I'm good with that. My plan was, was uh, round 12 was where I was going to start targeting. Uh, and there was really kind of no one there. I, I needed receiver depth, so I took James Washington in the 12th. Um, but then in the 13th, I was looking at the guys that were there, and, you know, like we said, mentioned a little bit before, uh, there was Goff, Rivers, Roethlisberger, Trubisky, Josh Cousins. Allen, Kirk Cousins. But when I was looking at all those guys, and the question that I asked at that point, I asked myself, who has the best chance to just blow up the league? Um, and, you know, maybe you make the argument that's Ben Roethlisberger. And you yeah. have a valid argument. But I think there's also an argument to be made that Kyler Murray just comes out and Cam Newton's the league. Uh, and Cam Newton was a beast his rookie year. And there is a chance that Kyler Murray does that. And that's why I drafted him. I took the shot on maybe him just going absolutely ballistic uh, because I think there is a, a decent shot that he does that. And if he's if he turns out that he's terrible, then I'll figure it out. You can figure out quarterback. And also, so golf was still on the board. So, um, how comfortable would you have been if you had golf and Gurley? Um, for whatever reason, I am a guy that typically doesn't like to do that. Um, You're not a stacker. You don't like stacks. <laughs> not so much. I don't think it's bad. Honestly, you know... If the value is there, then it's good. Like, me, if it's... Uh, I feel like... A guy I know, he drafted Rodgers and uh, uh, the receiver... Uh, Devontae Adams? No, uh, Jordy Nelson. 
a couple years ago. <laughs> Rode that train. Yeah. That's like, God, that, no. Actually, yeah, the train friend, crashed. Friend of mine. Burned. Yeah. Did not work out so well. <laughs> but um, there was games where they had 60, 70 points yeah, it between can be, both of them. The double prizes is fun. Um, but, you know, from, from a quarterback standpoint, I feel like, and I, you know, I've talked about it before, but I don't think there's a whole lot of difference in a lot of the startable quarterback startable quarterbacks um so i was really just looking for a guy who i thought could go completely nuts yeah and ben rossberger did that last year is he gonna do that again this year i don't know Goff kind of was really good last year I, I, Goff's the good, last but i just uh, i'm not month, a golf Goff guy. was terrible yeah ask me how i know yeah drop <laughs> Drop a negative burger on your face. That's the Not thing good. is that I feel like Goff is more of a system guy than he is actually good. I mean, yeah, there's I mean, and there's evidence for that. Right, like you go from nothing to a coaching change, an offensive philosophy change to superstardom, and and honestly, obviously he has the tools to do what he's doing, but right, but the engine that makes that Rams offense run is Todd Gurley. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, that's why I took Kyler Murray. In the 13th round, a lot of the uh, drafts I was seeing, he was going more in like the 8th or ninth, which I wouldn't have done. Um, but then, you know, in the 13th round, when I'm choosing between the Rivers, Goff, Roethlisberger types, I figured, yeah, I'll take the guy who maybe can make a big splash. Yeah. Um, so, Kyler Murray's my starting quarterback. There you go. Um, so, the last guy, I think, we already touched on the – well, okay, we got a couple more here. But, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and do uh, – so You're, Joe stuck to – you did take a kicker early. Yeah. But you stuck hard to your guns uh, at quarterback and tight end with your last two picks there. Waited all the way till the end. Yeah. Uh, like, it's, like I said earlier, I'm over-drafted or I didn't draft a kicker last, but uh, waited till the end to just scrum up my, my Josh Allen pick, uh, which I, I really like regardless. I, I think he's going to be – I think he's going to be a top-10 quarterback, top-12 quarterback anyways but so just to be my last pick perfect thank you very much i'll <laughs> take him i have that much confidence in him to be i mean he's not gonna be you know uh mahomes but um he's gonna be just what i want him to be i you're definitely more ambitious on uh, josh allen than i am but i think when i look at it he's the last kind of for me the last startable quarterback and that's exactly where he went in the draft. See, that's what kind of scares me because I had the same feeling last year on uh, Derrick Henry, and uh, <sighs> that was gross. Oh god, it was so bad until until, like, until he just decided to play football, which he was. And I let him. I finally got enough. I had enough, and I let him go like two weeks before his. Oh, I'm gonna run for. 400 yards in a game and a 99-yard touchdown run. Like, the, what the heck, his man? His whole season was packed into, like, four or five weeks. Yeah. Other than that, he was terrible. Yeah. And I was on board for that terrible. Right. <laughs> um, so, right before... Got Jason Witten at tight end in round 16. Yeah, Last so uh, that was uh, the best tight end still available that I thought come week one. You know, just like the the Josh Allen pick, um, I'm going to play matchups come, you know, wide receiver or uh, tight end and quarterback and just uh, see what, it, you know, comes week to week. You know, obviously, I mean, I may even start Jason Wynn week one. Something may happen, and then I could just pounce on a tight end and, and pick him up. I mean, the way the way it kind of went, um, 
Yeah. Well, I was really, when you got Jason Witten at tight end, you might as well go with this. <laughs> like, was, is this a draft from four years ago? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's going on? How old is he? Uh, uh, yeah, just matchups, really. I mean, there's not, at that point, what else you got to base it off of? Um, the round right before that, I, t- I did take my tight end. Um, and uh, like I talked about uh, just a little bit earlier about Kyler Murray, I kind of had the same thought process with my tight end. Uh, I took TJ Hawkinson. Uh, and honestly, really, going into the draft, I wasn't real high on him or anything. Um, but like I mentioned with Murray, I was just thinking, who's the guy down here that uh, could potentially go ballistic? And, um, you know, we've seen Evan Ingram do it. That's definitely the rarity there. Um, but yeah, Usually, rookie tight ends don't fare too well right. come fantasy football. But, uh, you know, Evan Ingram did it. So, um and, and Hawkinson showed a pretty good chemistry, pretty good rapport with Stafford there in the third week of the preseason. So that was another reason why I was like, okay, yeah, I'll give him a shot. I did take him over Jordan Reed. Uh, and at the time, yeah. we didn't really know where Jordan Reed was at with the concussion. Um, so we kind of, supposedly he's healthy now, but still. That's seventh one. Yeah, um, it's still. Um, last week I talked about him being like kind of my tight end target, but even now just just from that i think makes me significantly more nervous um i know that the risk was always there but it's already happened now so yeah. it's like yeah. so which could be a blessing you know for your you know your fantasy football team obviously not for jordan reed physically but um so that's uh you know our picks we uh want to get into we both had an agreement on what team we like the best other than obviously our own teams. Right. Um, and, and that team is Chris Wallace. He drafted in the third position. Um, he got Christian McCaffrey, which in leagues I have took number one overall right. and feel perfectly fine with it. And yeah. he gets him at three, which is to me, uh, you can't go wrong with the front three. I don't think, I don't think so either. Um, either way you go, you're going to be just fine. Yep. Um, because at the end of the year, we're going to be talking about 10s or 20 points overall, which is going to be nothing week to week. And uh, so he also has Chris Carson as his RB2, which is the plan I was trying to do, and he kind of snaked me on that. Yep. But that's the way it goes. So that's even, you know, I mean, I would have been awesome with David Johnson and Chris Carson. Yeah. But he's got McCaffrey and, and Chris Carson, which is – Pretty solid duo Which there. is, you know, yeah, it's – that's the way you want to try to chalk it up. And he has he snuck in Mike Evans there in the second round. Yeah. So he's got a, two very good running backs and Mike Evans at wide receiver one. And then the rest of you know, Stephon Diggs, Cooper Cup. Um, his starting lineup is going to be pretty solid. Yeah. So we both kind of agree that he had the best team. To, uh, me, to me, he's the team who's still got really good running backs that kind of really also kind of nailed his receiver picks too. Um, yeah, Evans, Diggs, and Cup is a really good one-two-three at receiver, uh, and then McCaffrey and Carson is a real nice one-two punch. So those five guys are going to make him a really tough out, especially early with that core. Um, yeah. So in our league, we start two running backs, three receivers, and we got two flexes. So I think his front five are really good. Yeah, like his absolutely. first five picks were solid. Like I don't know how much better you could probably chalk that up. Yeah. Um. 
But when he gets into his second flex position, he's going to be in uh, muddy waters, I think. Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber. It does get um, a little shaky there. Yeah. But you're not – I mean, depending on a whole lot, but um, my flex – my second flex is going to be Matt Breida. Eh, yeah, I would rather have Matt Breida. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um. So that's kind of the the draft. Um, you know, we explained our picks and kind of picked our team that we thought was the the best, other than our own. Because obviously, when you draft a team, you're gonna love it. But Good. just love it for so long. Yeah. Don't Enjoy be afraid it. To drop a guy. Yeah. Do not be afraid to <laughs> drop a guy. Do not be afraid to make a move. Um, because this draft team that you have right now will not be the same come Super Bowl weekend. Because uh, it's going to change drastically. You probably drop half the guys you have on your team right now. Yeah, fall in love with about six or seven of them. Right. Because that's all you're going to really need yeah. to carry you through the year. Yep. <clears throat> but so, like Dan mentioned in, in the intro, we're going to do something special for you guys. Uh, we appreciate all the listens that we got to uh, that we got from you guys, and appreciate all the uh, all that and everything. Uh, we're going to give away a signed Odell Beckham jersey. Nice authenticated and everything we're going to be giving that away so we want you to we're going to make a post on facebook we're going to want you to share that post and in that post we want you to comment and answer this trivia question the trivia question is going to be how many touchdowns did patrick mahomes have last season and if you know that answer we want you to comment below on the on the post that we're gonna have on Facebook, and uh, comment with your answer, and everybody that has a correct answer is gonna be entered to win a Odell Beckham signed jersey. So so we're gonna like Joe said we're gonna put a post on our, on the Facebook page, uh, share the share the post, and uh, put your comment with the answer of the trivia question that he just asked, and everybody that gets it right is entered in a chance to win uh, an authentic signed Odell Beckham jersey. Yes. Pretty nice. 100% authenticated. Has a sticker, receipt, everything. Odell Beckham Jr. signed jersey. Could be yours if you know the answer to our trivia question. Perfect. So be on the lookout for that. Um, enter. We'll be giving that away. So the last thing we do before we wrap up this week's show, uh, like I mentioned in the intro, we do have another big weekend of drafts coming up. Um, and one of the big ones that Joe and I have is a league where we share a team. Um, so we kind of wanted to go through that a little bit on kind of our approach to that and um, how we, if, if you're in a league, because uh, if you're like us, you're we're in a lot in, of fantasy yeah, leagues. We're in a lot of leagues. You can get into more leagues if you split a team. Yeah. So and, you so you split the injury for you. You you split the time. Right. Um. You know, doing all the looking up and everything, and, and making sure everything's good. And then you also get to split the money too. So. Yep. It's a win-win situation all around. More fantasy football. Yeah, and you get another team to manage. You get you know a not more opportunity, and uh, it's it's pretty awesome. It I is because. Me and Dan, we, we we think a lot alike. We uh, both obviously enjoy football. We both love fantasy football. Um, this is the craziest time of the year for us. Because I guarantee you, come next Tuesday at 2.30 in the morning, 
We're going to be up on our phones. <laughs> I, I got because, an alarm set for, for waiver pickups. At 2.30 in the morning, um, the waiver <laughs> wire clears, so then everybody's free to be picked up. Yep. And that's when we are on our phones yep. snagging up players. <laughs> Every week. Every week. It's a weekly ritual. Yeah. Tuesday, we could probably <laughs> make a date of it. Yeah. It's just, we'll be awake. Uh, so... When we're talking about sharing a team, I think the first step, you know, obviously in every fantasy season is the draft. So if you're sharing a team, you really want to kind of discuss it before draft day and make sure you're on the same page about the general approach, uh, most importantly. Um, And then if there's any guys that one or the other of you really likes, make sure you know that so that you can plan because as we just kind of talked when we were recapping the Arrowhead League draft, one pick changes every other pick the whole rest of the way, so you got to be prepared, and you got to be on the same page uh, going in. And and a lot of it is just is just talking it out, like yeah. and, and being um, honest about it. Like just if you don't like a guy or if you do right. like a guy, just let your co-manager know. And and even like a lot of drafts, you don't know where you're gonna pick. Like me and Dan, we talk. We don't know where we're gonna pick Saturday, right? But We've already had several, several discussions on, okay, if we get a top three pick or a top five pick, what are we going to do? Or if we're going to be drafting late, what what should we be doing? Right. Like, let's talk this out now so we have a general idea of what we want to do mm-hmm. come draft day. So we're not, you know, not prepared. Because you, if you're not prepared, you're just going to, you know, just throw a name up there yeah. and not have – because it's, it's that that draft's going to be totally different than the Arrowhead League. Yeah, every I mean, draft it's, it's totally scored different. a little bit differently because there's uh, some bonuses. There's a point or point per five rushes. Right. So it's it's scored you know a little bit different, not a lot, but it's it is scored differently. So there's obviously a different approach a little bit. I mean, you change your approaches to fuzz, um, but not a whole lot. Um, well, and when you get to the theme of kind of our whole approach on fantasy football, which is making decisions, yes. um, you have to discuss really every one. And, and a lot of times what it ends up being is you may have, you know, a couple guys you got to pick from. A lot of times there's going to be one or the other that's like, well, I don't know. They're kind of all the same to me. But the other mm-hmm. guy's like, no, we have to get this guy. Yeah. Really, you just kind of got to go with it. You got mm-hmm. to trust the other owner and... I feel like that's kind of how we, the approach we take a lot is that, and it happens a lot where one of myself or you just really kind of feels like they're all the same, but then, you know, but of that group, there will be somebody that that there will be somebody that kind of sticks out. Like if you, if you say that to me, then, you know, usually to me, there would be a guy to stick out or vice versa. If I'm like, well, I mean, these guys are on the board. I don't really know or have a preference. Right. And like, you know, and, and then you would lean on your other owner. Yep. But, you know, like Dan said, it's just have, you know, a compromise in place. Like, because there's going to be guys that I like a lot more than Dan. I mean, we agree a lot, but there are players that we both, you know, that we do disagree on. And, um, but it's, it's a lot of give and take. It's a lot of, you know, trusting the other owner and also kind of me and Dan have the same kind of draft approach and that works out really well because it's I mean the draft just flows smoothly for us because we both kind of value the running back position we don't make a lot of splashes for quarterback or for tight end yeah. we don't agree with you know with that approach that other people do 
So it kind of just really works out smoothly that way. So if you do want to or can manage, co-manage a team, make sure it's with somebody that's on the same page as, as you are come draft day. And, and I think that goes back to you want to have a, a plan for the general approach because then everything just falls into place from there. You know, like you said, you're going to have compromises, but if you are on the same page with your general approach, in one round it may be, you know, the guy that you really want more than I do, yeah. we pick him. Mm-hmm. But then as it goes along, we may agree that, okay, since we went there yeah. in these rounds, yeah, we both, we're going to have to go with the receiver here. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, so having, being on the same page, most importantly, on your general approach on, are you going to go running back heavy? Do you feel like you really need to take a quarterback early? You know, we're not advocating for that, but if that's how you feel, as long as you're on the same page as the general approach, everything's going to kind of fall in line from there. And, yeah, because the first two rounds are probably going to be pretty chalk. Um, yeah. I mean, there may be a, you know, a receiver go before a certain running back, but it's going to be a lot of chalk. And then, you know, once you get into the threes and beyond, like who you take in three is going to affect what you want to do in five. Yeah. So be knowledgeable of that and, you know, you know, talk to your, your co-manager on what to like, okay, so I kind of really like this guy in the third. Like I, you know, let's, let's get him. I want him. Right. But you also, okay, if I get him now, what are we looking at down the road exactly, here? Yeah. Let's make sure if we do go for this, you know, reach or pound on the table guy that we can get such and such in, in the next round or in the next two rounds, you know, kind of a situation. But in a way, that's where co-managing can kind of be, that's where it's a little bit advantageous in that you have two minds on it and you can say, okay, that's fine, I'm fine with that. But then here's where we're going to have to go in these next couple rounds. And It's really just a whole lot of back and forth and bouncing ideas off of each other. And then, you know, your your plan just kind of formulates from there. Yeah. But it's best, like you said, if you have a manager that you feel comfortable with and saying, no, I don't want that guy, or yes, I really feel like I need to have that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then you just hash it out from there. And barring two um, injuries last year, well, oh, I guess one wasn't an injury, but um, <clears throat> we would have won uh, that league easily, very easily. We had, at one point, we had Matt Ryan, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas. I want to get to the Matt Ryan situation. Kareem Hunt and James Conner. That team was insane. That's ridiculous. And then Kareem Hunt, you know, we all know what happened there. We all know what happened there. Then James Conner got hurt, and we weren't able to get his back up, and that that derailed the whole season from there. Yeah, yeah. Um, So another reason, you know, in the the other podcast, we talked about getting running backs, getting running backs. And in in this league, we traded Lamar Miller for Matt Ryan last year. Yeah. Um, and at the time, Matt Ryan was the third uh, best fantasy quarterback, and we traded because he had Matt or he had Patrick Mahomes on his team. So obviously, <clears throat> sure he didn't need Matt Ryan. He didn't mean he didn't need Matt Ryan, but we traded Lamar Miller. I mean, a, a running back. Yeah. You know, he's has of some value, but we got Matt Ryan in return. Yeah. And we had, and we that didn't we didn't he Lamar Miller was never sniffing our lineup, nowhere close, never because ever, our, not even close. Our RB three was Chris Carson, right? Yeah, we end up we had Chris Carson too. So we're rolling out Connor Hunt, Carson, and Lamar Miller's <laughs> sitting on our bench just because we know how important running backs are. We were going week to week with quarterbacks a lot. Yeah, and we were, um, 
yeah, doing the weekly carousel at quarterback, and we threw this offer out there, and he accepted it. Because we were like, he has Mahomes. He's obviously not getting rid of him. But he also has Matt Ryan. Let's just throw Lamar Miller out there. It worked. And it worked. But you can trade running backs. That's why you say load up, load up on That's them, why we preach about running, uh, drafting running backs. Yep. It's because you can always move a running back. Yep. Always. It doesn't matter Somebody needs a who back. it is. Somebody's going to need a running back. Yep. And I guarantee you they will have a good receiver. They'll, yeah, it, it, if you have a bunch of extra running backs, you can move one of those pieces uh, so much easier than if you have. That's what people are like. Well, I'm gonna get my backup quarterback and I'll yeah. trade him. As, no, for won't. what? No, you'll trade him for Lamar Miller. Yeah, and that's what you're gonna get. <laughs> Good because, luck. Yeah, I mean, you're. It, it, that's why I don't get it. Like they draft a backup quarterback for a week ten by. Like what? Like that's two and a half months away. Like yeah. no, it's, half of your teams would be different at that point. Yeah, by that time, that quarterback you drafted is gonna be gone. For sure. Yeah. If he's not, then you ain't doing much, and you're probably 0-5. So congratulations. <laughs> Thanks for your money. Yeah, thank you for your donation <laughs> and your double draft quarterback. Which uh, I'm going to – I told Dan before we, we did the show, I'm going to do – go back into our league specifically and do some research on what teams drafted two quarterbacks and in their success that season. I'm going to do like – probably put together a, a graph or some kind of something to uh, – try to display, put some more information out there on why drafting two quarterbacks is not the way to go. Bad idea. So yeah. well, that's something we can talk about maybe in the next show or, or uh, have a post up on, on one of our social media accounts. But for this week, that's really all we got. Um, make sure you be on the lookout for that post uh, for the chance to win that signed Odell Beckham jersey. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Um, and we will be back not before the the Bears Packers game, the opener, but before that opening Sunday. For and we will one. be giving away that jersey during. We'll give away the jersey during the the Bears Packer game, so we will draw a winner um, that day. So that's a week from today. We'll be uh, we'll announce a winner for that. So you have a week to find the answer to that trivia question. Um, yep. If you know what it is, leave it in the comment section on the Facebook page. Uh, Facebook page. That uh, we have the Dan and Joe Fantasy Show. Um, and like Dan said, we'll be back before week one. So uh, we appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you guys next time.